Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Sammy B. Real. We're back again, another episode of the Ghost Lights Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, as they're all very special, but no, this man needs no introduction. It's the BLF. He's hey, in the house. Hey, folks. He is here with us. We are inside the, the bar at Curious. It's called the Sanctuary. The Sanctuary, I would agree. The vast majority of bars for me are sanctuaries. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, I'm definitely glad, honored to be sitting here with you and talking with you. Glad to be here, man. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I just got back from Costa Rica. Nice. Uh, a trip that me and my wife uh, had planned for a while, celebrate our five-year anniversary. Well, congratulations. And thank you very much. And it was delightful and uh, relaxing. And now I'm back ready to tear stuff up. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, you have a postcard for your next show, which is going to be at the Curious... I do. We are doing at Curious. I'm a company member at Curious. Been mm-hmm. a company member since uh, 2012. Uh, it's pretty much my Denver home, which is nice to have a place, you know, as an actor. Definitely. Uh, we're doing Tony Kushner's The Intelligent Homosexual's Guide to Capitalism and Socialism with a Key to the Scriptures, um, <laughs> which is short. The short name is IHO. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by the artistic director here, uh, Chip Walton. Awesome. With a cast of uh, all of the Denver's hottest, uh, cast of 11 actors. Damn. Which is pretty intense. That's a lot of yeah. people. It's an epic show. It is definitely a journey. Um, they're, they're calling it the theatrical event of the year. <laughs> yes, but it's Kushner, you know. Totally. Angels in America. And you got to do it up with To it. do some Kushner is, is uh, an honor. Definitely. So I'm looking forward to it. What, what can you tell us about the show without giving too much away? Um, it's about a family, mm-hmm. largely. Uh, the, the, the main guy is Larry Hecht. Mm. And some will know Larry Hecht from when he taught at the Denver Center. He was head of acting. Mm-hmm. And then he went back uh, west uh, I believe to ACT, where he had done quite a quite a bit of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a phenomenal actor, and just you know, just to be in the room with him, uh, I'm looking forward to. And audiences love him because he's just one of the best. Nice. So um, he's the father, and um, there is a family that's kind of struggling. Uh, the father works like the shipyards mm-hmm. um, and so he's been struggling with his own kind of demons and there's fantastic interesting characters throughout the show um, great people in the cast and I, I think audiences are going to like it a lot that's fantastic yeah. yes um, how has D- Detroit 67 gone for you guys Des- Detroit 67 is one of those special shows mm. that is like right we are doing it right at the perfect time. Perfect. Um, it was the anniversary of the riots in Detroit. I, I want to say 50. Is mm-hmm. that right? I think so. Um, they, the movie, there was a movie that just yeah. came out about those too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, movie came out. And, and that cast is dynamite as well. Cajardo, mm-hmm. um, yes. Lindsay, and Jada, mm-hmm. uh, who are both company members here at Curious. Um, and some other wonderful people. Yeah. Anastasia um, Davidson, Leisure yeah, Gray. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's a, a gentleman, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, who's in from New Mexico. Okay. And he is fantastic and funny and a 
breath of fresh air nice. uh, for this community, which is kind of great. And it, it's selling really well. Audiences love it. It's just a it's a really great show nice. at a at a perfect time to be doing a show about racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mess. It's definitely something that I think. Of, of late, I've noticed Curious doing. I don't know. I want to say more often, but it seems regularly. Yes, uh, tackling that specifically race a lot of shows. Race and you know socialism. Mm-hmm. They really become a politically charged theater, and and want to start picking shows that uh, challenge ideas even more than they have in the past. And they're kind of, you know, committed to that mm-hmm. ever since they did Building the Wall. I should say we did Building the Wall last year, which was about the Trump administration uh, years after. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it took place in the future and, and what could possibly be the end, mm-hmm. you know, of, of that era. And scary stuff, but it was also a, a very powerful piece. And it kind of was the catalyst to to start doing shows here that are just more that are just more Mm -hmm. you know totally Um, and it's exciting I think it's great to be a part of a a theater that's known on a national uh, level and that is doing exciting current work Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of great nice yeah that's very cool Um, well we've got you here on the ghost lights this is a lot of fun for me I've loved watching you work Thanks, man. Yeah, and uh, so I've usually had like friends of friends of me come on and we talk, and it's no different with you. What, Brian? Where, where did you get your start? What What lit your fire? Yeah, you know. Um, so I think I was born with the bug. Okay. And I think I remember when I was about five, I did uh, an alphabet play. And I was F for fancy feet. And I did a ridiculous little dance. And the crowd, you know, clapped. And I never looked back. Like, from that moment, I can remember. It was never a question of what I wanted to do. It was always a question of how do I do it. Mm -hmm. Because I've always known that I want, that I had to be an actor. And then it was just trying to figure out, you know, how does one make a life in this mm-hmm. and it's it's taken me a long time my friend yeah. you know all, I, I did theater all through school um, I went through a rough juvie patch uh, in in high school um, made some bad choices and which just adds to the depth of my work I like mm-hmm. to think yeah. um, I grew up in North Carolina in High Point North Carolina a very small town that is known for uh, their furniture Thomasville furniture and they have it's the furniture capital of the world and they have <laughs> furniture market twice a year in the spring and the fall where the town makes all their money outside of that there's not a lot um, I you know I would populate the, the roller rink mm-hmm. and got really good at skating and I would populate the uh, putt-putt golfing games and play you know coin machines and, and I had trophies in putt-putt it's um, <laughs> really good yeah you know fun stuff like that um, but I got a, a place in my life um, after I had flunked my junior year for missing a hundred days um, that I needed to change because I had come back to repeat my junior year and they wouldn't let me uh, 
be part of the yearbook. Uh, I was take, I, I'm a photographer as well, mm -hmm. so I was doing that, and they wouldn't let me be a part of theater because oh, wow. uh, I had kind of used all my get out of jail free cards. So I called my dad and asked if he would pay for an apartment for me so I could go to this art school in Winston Salem. And uh, he said, no, of course not. Uh, I wasn't getting along with my mom. And so he gave me two options. He said, I either go back and stay with my mom and tough it out, mm. or I can come out to Denver, where he had recently moved. And I had visited Denver once uh, with him. And I thought, well, this is a chance for me to start with a new slate and leave all the bad choices behind and really pursue what I love doing. So. Within 24 hours, I had packed everything I could carry. Uh, I had a ticket, and I flew out on a holiday. I believe it was uh, Labor Day. Yeah, I believe it was Labor Day. And flew here to Denver and started the next day at Highland Ranch High School, which was night and day from what I had been used to. Um, as far as, you know, the school had carpet in it. Wow. And you know it was, it was crazy. It was very privileged, and it was a bit of a culture shock. Mm -hmm. But they had a fantastic theater department, and they had an awesome theater and one of the best uh, theater teachers around. His name was Wally Larson, um, who recently, in the last handful of years, passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people in this community were affected by him um, and what he did in in schools. He used to teach at Douglas County, and then he moved over to Highland Ranch. And I think it was because of that theater department that I was able to kind of turn myself around and really focus on acting and uh, really got me back on my feet, which was wonderful. And then I graduated high school, uh, took a year to kind of, <laughs> I don't know, figure things out. Um, I was DJing at a, a skate city um, and teaching skating. You're a man of many hats. Oh, man. I'm, I'm about to tell you all about it, man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then uh, I went to Metro for a couple years and, you know, studied theater. And it was before they built the King Center. And so they didn't have a degree in theater. They had a degree in speech and communications. Okay. And so I had gone, you know, maybe two years, two and a half years. And was just, I every semester I was dropping out of classes that didn't interest me and taking just theater and acting classes and it came to a point where I was working as an actor mm -hmm. um, and I just thought you know it this is what I want to do for me in my path I don't think I need a degree in it just do it mm -hmm. so I kind of shifted out of college um, I had this very interesting job at a place called the store of knowledge in Park Meadows Mall right when the mall opened and it, my job, I, I was stocking the store before the mall opened, mm -hmm. and they had this contest that whoever could learn these sticks, they're kind of like hippie sticks, mystics, juggling sticks, mm -hmm. um, could be the position of the door greeter. And so on my lunch break, I would take these sticks and I would just like try so hard, and, and, and I won that contest. And so my job was to demonstrate toys as people walked in the door. So basically I got paid for six and a half hours a day to play with toys. And so they had this whole juggling section, um, which I 
picked up everything they had mm -hmm. and would demonstrate it at the door and, and I'm teaching myself and I'm learning all these different types of juggling equipment um, which would inform the next oh, 20 years of my acting career um, because I was able to use that skill to you know make a living in an interesting and fun way mm -hmm. so I learned how to juggle at the store of knowledge I started teaching acting to kids um, and juggling uh, because that's kind of what set me apart mm -hmm. and I got a job at a place called Casa Bonita oh yes and <laughs> Casa Bonita for those that don't know is this giant restaurant that looks like Acapulco Mexico and they have a giant waterfall in it and um I started at Casa Bonita doing the skits that are, you know, at the time, 35, 40 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, we tried to make them change it. They wouldn't. So these <laughs> skits were just god-awful. But I was making a living doing what I love doing. So mm -hmm. it was like, okay, I can do this for a while. And uh, eventually, uh, I became a diver there because uh, wow. I had some swimming background. And so I, I, I can say that I was a diver at Casa Bonita, which is... Uh, odd and wonderful thing um, <laughs> rode that out as long as I could all the while um, doing community theater wherever I could um, I, I, I started doing children's theater which was a great day job for an actor um, and I did a year with Kaiser Permanente's educational theater program mm -hmm. um, which really helped me become a true professional um, in my head because I got insurance and I was making a really good wage and I think that was a, a pivotal kind of uh, turning point for me um, you know I had made a decision right out of college I had done some crappy jobs that had nothing to do with what I wanted to do and I kind of just said okay somehow I'm just going to make a living doing what I enjoy doing yeah. and, and how it's connected to being an actor um, I'm going to do my best to, to do that yeah. and it man my 20s were so hard but they were also thrilling and exciting and you know I wouldn't trade it for anything mm -hmm. I, I learned about my craft uh, I somehow <laughs> made a living and skirted by I, I did some fun and amazing projects. Uh, my first professional show in Colorado after high school was at the Aurora Fox. Awesome. Uh, and I did Line in Winter, and I was a young John. And I got to work with some incredible people. I met Deb Persoff, that she was my mom. Nice. Um, Scott Below mm -hmm. actually was in that production before he moved away and then moved back. Nice. Um, and we got to do that show in Civic Center Park. They used to do these shows in Civic Center Park over the summer. Um, probably in front of two or 3,000 people. And I remember that curtain call like it was yesterday coming out. And Civic Center Park's got all the columns and it's a beautiful night, stars everywhere. And we're all in these like robes because, you know, Line of Winter takes place a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And take a curtain call and it was just the Denver skyline and the stars and you know a couple thousand people and it was just so magical and I remember I was like this is this is it this is what it's like to be a professional actor mm -hmm. um, I remember that was a big moment for me as well 
Um, but yeah, then I just, you know, I started teaching at the Denver Center. Uh, I taught, at the, I've been teaching at the Denver Center for over 20 years now, mm-hmm. um, acting and juggling, and I teach uh, on-camera class there uh, for adults. And uh, all kinds of different weird projects that mm-hmm. were connected to acting somehow. I'm, uh, like I said before, I'm also a photographer, mm-hmm. so I did uh, a lot of concert photography, which kind of tied me into my love of music, even though I can't sing a note to save my life <laughs> or play an instrument, I found that I could still be a part of um, the music industry by taking pictures. And so I shot freelance concert photography for the Westward for a, a good amount of time. Nice. Built out my portfolio. I've shot some incredible people. Um, BLFphotography.com if you want to check it out. Hit it up. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I've had a really interesting life as far as uh, the, the type of work I do. Mm-hmm. Um, done a ton of theater. Uh, I started doing film and that really interested me and so ton of your own projects doing that yeah I've also been a producer and uh, made some of you know me and I have a business partner Michael Morgan um, who we've made some projects we made a a series called After the Dark Lights Mm -hmm. um, that we did three episodes of learned a lot about you know producing our own stuff Um, got a couple projects in the works hopefully that are going to pan out Um, I've just started doing a lot more film and Commercials. I got a commercial running right now for the Colorado Lottery, mm-hmm. um, which is playing like every five seconds. <laughs> so people are coming out of the woodworks thinking I'm famous. Um, and you know, I just got done with a 14-month contract uh, working on a video game doing motion capture in, in the this. spandex suit with all the balls all over you, <laughs> uh, which was a fascinating and an incredible experience. And I'm, I'm hoping that I will move on to the next game that this company is making um, just because I really enjoy the work a lot Um, yeah man I I love this craft Mm. I love acting I love actors I love people that work in this business Um, I love to see new actors get excited about what they're doing Mm-hmm. when something clicks I love being a teacher because you get to really see that raw talent turn into skill mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm just so grateful to be working in this business even with it's you know kind of dirty ugly underbelly at times it has it has made such a full life because mm-hmm. one of the great I'm a character actor yeah. And so I, I just try to find roles that are very different from the last role I play. And one of the great things about being an actor is that you, you get a character and that character does something. It, it has a certain job or it works in a certain world. And then you get to study that thing. Mm-hmm. So like here at Curious, one of the first shows I did here, um, I got to play Philippe Petit, mm-hmm. who was the guy that walked the Twin Towers on a wire. Yeah. Fascinating really interesting so I read all about him and learned about him um, and I trained a little bit with a friend of mine in the juggling world uh, on tightrope walking and so that was like one thing that I learned because of theater mm-hmm. and then uh, I did a show in Boulder called Mauritius about uh, a guy that was trying to 
scam some stamps mm. uh, and these very very expensive stamps um, and I learned about stamp collectors and went to a stamp museum and became dangerously close to becoming a stamp collector myself and these little pieces <laughs> of art were just so fascinating yeah. to me and beautiful and the art was incredible and the history and so I mean it's just so interesting to me what we get to do as actors and what we get to learn about mm. um, with the different characters that, that we approach. What, what do we get to do as actors? What would you, oh, from your man. perspective, what would you call it? You know, I get, we get to be kind of every man. Mm -hmm. You know, we get to explore the human condition from different points of view, perspectives, from a, a set of different eyes, yeah. you know, whether it, you know the great characters that I enjoy playing are the the really quirky um, underdogs or the really dark kind of villainous characters that is so far from who I am as a person, mm -hmm. but I get to explore safely, mm -hmm. you know, in an environment that is supportive and. You can play anyone from the, the, the mass murderer to the um, layman and everything in between. Like, it is such a unique thing that happens when you become a different character. Mm. Like, when you truly are breathing in different skin yeah. is where the magic happens for me. And, and, and when you are paired with other actors that are incredible and, and talented and at the top of their game that push you to become better because they are so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to surround myself with people that are way better than me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I want to be the, the guy in the room that is the, the least talented just because it, it makes me grow as an artist. It pushes me in ways that I can't push myself. Yeah. And it in it, it enriches my life, yeah. you know, because mm -hmm. there's nothing greater than just hanging out with good people, absolutely. You know, and I don't. I think that's across the board, mm -hmm. actor or not. I just enjoy being in interesting and funny and intense people. I enjoy being in their company. Yeah. So, uh, you know, being an actor. You get to do all of that. You get to meet the most interesting people. Mm -hmm. Fascinating folks. Um, and I wouldn't trade that for the world, man. What are some of the things that, as you've gotten, I mean, as you've kind of, you've created this life and this career, through it, what, are the, what are the things that you like learning about as, as you've been here for so long? Like, what are the things that strike you, I guess? Sure. You know, every once in a while, like, probably once every year or two I like to seek projects that are outside of Denver mm -hmm. um, because I think that when I travel to work I work in a different way mm -hmm. because I'm not in my bubble in your day to day where you can just get wrapped up mm -hmm. um, in all the things that you have to do but you're there for a purpose you're doing this show you're focused in a way that you just it's hard to focus here mm -hmm. in your home. Totally. Um, and I think that when I get to work like that, I just start to see the world differently. 
start to see people differently, interact differently. I, I'm able to like submerse myself into whatever I'm doing mm -hmm. and the people and the people wherever I go. And I've, you know, I've gone up to Wyoming, Jackson's Hole, Wyoming to, to do a show up to uh, Minnesota, Big Fork, Minnesota, which is damn near Canada. Mm -hmm. um, Chicago, I've done a handful of shows in Mississippi. I, buddy, I got to do Streetcar Named Desire in Columbus, Mississippi for the Tennessee Williams Festival. And I got to play Stanley. And, and we were there, we had maybe two weeks of rehearsal and only five performances. And it was the most magical experience, theatrical experience of my life. Mm. I mean, I can remember sitting on the steps where Tennessee Williams was born, like the house that he grew up in, listening to recordings of him reading Streetcar as Blanche mm. with his friends and drunk. <laughs> and it was like the most magical thing you've ever heard. It was incredible, but but it's experiences like that that if you risk, you know, mm -hmm. jump and the net will appear. Yeah. You know, just put yourself out there. And so every once in a while I like to like put my feelers out to see if I'm able to find something that is outside of Denver that, that I can work on and really kind of sink my teeth into. And those those are the experiences that make me grow as an artist, that make me grow as a, a human being, as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and that really enrich my life. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've been, one of the things I've always been amazed about in terms of just watching you, my first experience seeing you was in the, um, the play um, where you were on the tightrope. Oh, really? What was it up? called? It was yeah, called Up. That's right. That's so, funny. Yeah, so the first time I was like, I wonder who that guy is. They must have brought in a guy from France who can actually tightrope. Oh, wow. That's what man. I'm thinking. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to hard. do any, to learn lines. It's hard to learn lines. Yeah. Then it's hard to add, like, a specific skill set that the act the character has to do. Yeah. Um, I had to I had to learn how to play a guitar to be an understudy oh, at the Arvada Center. Sure. And I picked up just enough chords that Michael, please don't get sick. Please don't get sick. Don't Morgan. get sick, man. Come on. Because the song that you play is not going to be the song. Because right. and and so but but to to have extra skills aside from um, empathy and yeah. character development and right. standard good memorization techniques and knowing you're blocking, so on and so forth. What, have you felt that it was important to learn those things? Absolutely. Or is it, was it just like, I love learning, let's keep the... It's both. Okay. It's I love learning and here's the thing, is like each one of those skills, however weird or unique or quirky they may be, mm -hmm. makes you different from everybody else. Yeah. You know, there's not another actor, I don't think, that is a photographer that also can balance a chair on his face that can make a, a water dripping sound with his mouth you know <laughs> yeah. like there i don't think with my specific skill set that i've learned these skills along the way that somehow the universe just kind of guides you mm. to learn these things and then you use them whether it's like use them immediately uh, short term or years in the future that you happen to have the skill set like okay so for example Arvada Center mm -hmm. I used to do a ton of children's theater there and they were doing Go Dog Go mm -hmm. and Go Dog Go the MC dog needed 
to have very specific skills. A good roller skater. I had grown up roller skating. I taught at Skate City, right? Um, juggling, like very specific juggling mm-hmm. uh, equipment that they wanted to use balls, spinning plates. Like these were all the things that I had picked up along the way. It was just, I even, I think I even did the dripping water sound <laughs> in that That's perfect. play, yeah. right? Like ridiculous things that you put on your special skills that you're like okay this just makes me different from everybody else but people read those special skills and like I need a guy that can ride backwards on a horse you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. they need that specific skill and you become the actor that can do it Mm -hmm. and I think that it's both the love of learning because I think as an actor we're sponges man we and you should never stop learning your craft because right when you think you get to a point where you're comfortable with your craft, you kind of age out of your bracket. You know, you come a little older so the characters that you're going to play are a little different. And so you just are constantly learning about your craft. And when you work around great people and, and you're into it, like that gets me fired up more than anything. I love to watch good actors do their craft. Mm-hmm. And I love to be in the room when they're crafting it, Definitely. you know, when they're crafting a character. Okay. Because that's when I learn, mm. you know, different approaches to work, uh, different uh, ways to get to your emotional depths that we have to access for any given character. Yeah. Like that stuff, man, gets me so excited, mm. so excited. So I think it's both. I think you, you love to learn and you should learn specific skills that are just going to help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was uh, understudying for the Avada Center, um, the show's bus stop, and then, yeah. and I had to, I got to watch Sam Gregory, Jeff Kent, um, Josh Grubbs, yeah, I mean, and Michael Morgan, all these amazing act, male actors, and then Kate Gleason, who I, 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 I'm just not seeing a lot of shows, and she's amazing. Incredible. Allison Watros is a great director, and to sit there in that room, you're absolutely right, to watch people who have crafted not not just a career but like a tr- it's like a trade yeah it, and to see what that manifests for them you will not only see them as just normal human beings who act trying to you know trying out all the things that you try yeah going through the same emotions you go through trying yeah. to like am I doing this right whatever banging your head up against the wall but then yeah. you just see the the practice and their the professionalism the professionalism yeah. and how much of their heart and soul and energy goes into it and they're incredibly passionate people yeah like that's it mm-hmm. is surrounding yourself with people like that mm-hmm. that bring you know and each one of those actors that you name are are so unique unto themselves yeah and they bring such a specific quality to all the work that they do yeah and that's another great thing about working in the theater is each play that you do you get like an amalgamation of all these incredible people that are brought together by the, you know, by the director, by the theater. Mm-hmm. And I've never worked like I've never worked with you. Like no. one of these days, we're gonna remedy. At that. some point, I mean, it's yeah. gotta happen. Tell Chip to put on a Native American play. Like, come on, we need some Navajo <laughs> stories out there. I'm your guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's it's like each project that you do, mm-hmm. you get to work with these incredible people. In Idaho, mm-hmm. I, I've only taken classes and worked you know, as a teacher around Larry, mm-hmm. but man, to be in the room with him, 
to be on stage with them is going to be incredible. And there's a handful of other people that are in the, the project that I've known for years, yeah. but I've never worked with. Fantastic. And it's, I, it's such a great thing when you can be in a community and know all these actors mm -hmm. and then really start to discover them and uh, learn about who they are as a person and an artist from play to play to film to mm -hmm. commercial to video game to whatever you happen to be doing yeah. it's a blessing man it really it is it really is I, the to be as an actor when you're working with people in the in the large group who are on that same level of dedication as you mm -hmm. even and that's and that's a judgmental statement but I mean I understand you understand what you're saying yeah you yeah. can tell though when there's somebody who is there because the craft the being there in the rehearsal space that that lights a fire and then that they don't get anywhere else and then there's people who are there who are like you know I can't wait for those claps yeah. I can't wait for the first review to come sure. out or right. the people who are just trying or just hobbyists yeah hobbyists because they're hobbyists and they're professional actors mm -hmm. and it is equally as important to those individuals oh, yeah. regardless if they're just doing it in the evenings in their spare time mm -hmm. or if they're pursuing a career in it mm -hmm. it does something for them yeah. and there's value in that mm -hmm. and there's also value in telling stories telling stories is like the oldest thing we have yeah we've been doing it since caveman days with pictures on the walls mm -hmm. and around the fire exactly. like to be connected to that on like a cellular level, mm -hmm. to be part of like the oldest career there was essentially, mm -hmm. is magic, man. It absolutely is. Yeah. Do you find, have you found similar communities outside of your work in the arts? You know, the music community is a lot like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's arts. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I haven't, I think it's all art related. Yeah. Because I don't know, there's something about the artist, the way we kind of live and breathe, and how hard it can be as an artist, man. The struggle is real. Yeah. And the struggle continues to happen. Oh, totally. you, can, you can have a really good year, and then it just dries up, mm -hmm. you know, and you can't find any work to save your life. <laughs> literally. I mean, literally, yeah. Yeah. it is very hard at times but because it's so rewarding on the other side of things it, it's worth it yeah but yeah no I think it these groups of people you know I'm sure there are others oh, yeah. but you know we surround ourselves with artists and I think they're the best people out there man. definitely you know we were we had the um, opening night celebration after uh, Guards at the Taj at the yeah. Betsy and the people there that we were talking to were just I mean, we were aware of the message of the play. Like we had some, we had a, we had a two people leave before intermission. They were very upset with mm -hmm. the the subject matter. Yeah, and they're just like, well, especially when it gets graphic, because it gets gory. Yeah, but I mean, it's to, we were able to have a conversation and like the understanding, of like that's those are the people we need to get to. Yeah, like if true. you're going to present them with something heavy, they need to sit through that. They need mm -hmm. to, for lack of a better word, suffer along with you, and it, it, to have a room full of people. As artists understand that need, yeah. um, without making it, I mean, higher falutin than it already is to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. To to relate the people on that level is crucial. Yeah, I I did the happiest song plays last year last year, mm -hmm. and it was right after the election. We were in rehearsals when the election happened. Mm -hmm. uh, 
actually, I'm, we may have even opened the show by then. I can't quite remember the trajectory. Um, but it was, it was like things were happening daily mm-hmm. that we were reading about in the dressing room before we went on stage. And that show specifically was a protest play. Yeah. It was all about protesting and speaking out when things are unright, unjust. And there was so much passion in that play and those artists that every every day after and we do uh, discussions after every every show here, mm-hmm. curious. And every day people with the amount of people that were staying was amazing to begin with. But people wanted to talk because they didn't feel like they had a place to mm-hmm. discuss what was going on with the world, what was going on with our country. Yeah. And it was incredible, the conversations that we were having after every show, because something would happen day by day with that administration yeah. that was flipping the world on its end, flipping our country you know, upside down. Yeah. And I was, I was struck and kind of in awe the power of theater and storytelling, what it could do in times like these, yeah. you know, with the right material, what what we could, you know, uh, do for people, mm-hmm. whether it was just a place to to hear equal struggle, or if it was a place, you know, afterwards to talk about what was going on, totally. and to feel, you know, connected to a community. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's. I think that's important, you know, that we connect mm-hmm. as as human beings, yeah. and I think the theater allows that in a big way. Yeah. Especially if you're open to it. I mean, the, I mean, we you do have to be open to yeah, it. Yeah, right. you've got to be. Like, I think in all walks of life, I mean, we're we're looking for something to adhere ourselves to, so we can then define ourselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we adhere ourselves to a hobby. We uh, adhere ourselves to people. And it, I mean, and when you get, if it is people that you are attaching yourself to, if that group can, can become larger, yeah. and then you have not just a sense of community, but a sense of home. Yeah. And I mean, while it's, it's smart to adhere yourself to a community that has all different personalities and mindsets and sure. belief systems, yeah. it's, it's, it's better than just uh, being, adhering yourself to a block. Yeah, yeah. To be able to see and interact with those people, and to have for any show to have a large group of people stick around afterwards. Oh man, that's what makes a talk back interesting. Absolutely. I mean, me and you sat through probably our our fair share of them. Uh, absolutely. There, where we're like, I, they can be very challenging mm-hmm. to get through. Yeah. Let me just go home. Yeah. I mean, I get it. And, yeah. You know, here since we have one after every show, they're voluntary. Mm-hmm. But I love discussions afterwards I love to engage the audience in that way mm-hmm. sometimes it's how did you memorize your lines yeah. sometimes it's how do you remember your blocking yeah. you know sometimes it's those basic questions because this is so so foreign for some people mm-hmm. what we do absolutely um, that they could dream of getting up in front of people and doing the things that we do but sometimes man it's about this the story when the when the discussions go really well it's about what we're talking about within the story absolutely it's about the issues of this day and age Mm -hmm. it's about you know the things that we do or don't do to one another yeah the love lost the love gained it's it's the heightened of the human experience and that's magic man yeah every single time 
We I saw um, the minutes by Tracy Letts over oh, at wow. Steppenwolf. How was that? It was it was killer. Yeah, it was a great theater experience. Because and I, I recognized like two or three of the faces from like TV and stuff. And yeah. like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, the, Steppenwolf's one of the best, man. Oh, it's, it was. And I keep thinking like, oh, the budgets. Oh, the budgets, right? Yeah, on man. every side. Yeah, and totally. they started from scratch, but they started with actors that were amazing. Yeah, and that were going on to television and film careers where they could dump some money into. Totally. A venue like that. Totally. Um, and afterwards, there was a whole community discussion. Wow. And so there was like, I think, I don't know how many seats that houses, but we'll say about 100, 200 people stuck around afterwards. That's amazing. And, and, and everyone had their, their opinions. And while, you know, some were disagreements and some were arguments, it was just on that level. An open forum. An open forum to have a conversation about like the importance of do you follow the herd? Yeah. Is that what we're doing in our government right, right now? Yeah. Um, is there room for a solitary voice that stands in opposition of all that? And how do you, how do you mesh the two? Because there's definitely a balance involved in politics in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and where does that exist? Um, and then with its weird, I found to be weird ending, um, there was another discussion to go along with that too. Like how deep does this rabbit hole go in terms of um, for lack of a better um, analogy, the Illuminati. Yeah, sure. So, well, and how comfortable are people with finding out the truth mm-hmm. and peeking behind the curtain yeah. of what's really going on? Totally. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> it, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> it is. Because sometimes fear is safe. Fear is so it's, safe. You know, they, they, they are safe in their bubble. Mm-hmm. When they just go to work, go home, go to the grocery store. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a scary time that we live in. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to challenge yourself, you don't have to worry about any things with directly, yeah. 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 Or yeah. danger. Mm-hmm. Just do your thing. And uh, to come out and to see good theater, and, or at least to talk to people who are involved in good theater, is a great way of opening that stuff up. And Chicago has a great community anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a great town. Yeah. I enjoy Chicago a lot. I was only there for two nights and just the people around the theater that were there, that were the, the bar that's attached to Steppenwolf now, just talking to all the... Like, I have to talk to a couple of the actors involved in the show afterwards. And it was really cool. Well, in Chicago, they had this mentality. I mean, there are over 250 theater companies mm-hmm. in Chicago alone. But they had this mentality, which can often be different in Denver is they want to do something they're going to do it mm-hmm. we're just going to mount a show we're just going to do it and here a lot of people talk about doing stuff and never get around to doing it Yeah. Um, but there they just do 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 and they take risks and they're not afraid to fail fall on their face do something crazy mm-hmm. the experimental theater that's happening out there the, the mom and pa like storefront theaters are some of the best stuff I saw of Mice and Men in Chicago in a storefront theater that was like maybe seated 40 or 50 wow. and it was incredible wow. it was incredible <laughs> and, and of mice and men in a small yeah. space like that you're like really you're gonna pull this off it was incredible and I think that that kind of theater happens there all the time mm. all yeah. the time um, before we go we usually end my the podcast segment and I ask 
uh, my guests what what they would do to leave the ghost light on for the next generation mm. what's a what's a helpful hint you wish you'd gotten more or less right as a as a young actor mm-hmm. that's a tough one there's so much I want to tell to young actors okay I mean you're going to hear no a lot yeah as an actor it just it's part of the game right mm-hmm. and I wouldn't get discouraged and I would say actors that are auditioning look at an audition as a chance to do your craft and that's it put all the the fear and all the worry and all the butterflies aside those butterflies is just, are it's just raw energy and if you use that energy to fuel your performance rather than to get in your head and, and start questioning yourself and just enjoy that time that is a chance for you to perform that is a chance for you to do what you love doing mm-hmm. I think that would behoove you yeah. um, I think persistence if you really want to be an actor it takes time some people get lucky some people right place right time but for the most part we're out here grinding yeah. and it takes time to establish yourself and, and create relationships I think relationships are the most important thing in this business is, is when you do a show maintaining contact with those actors and the directors you never know years from now the director will remember the work that you did back then and want you for something else mm-hmm. I mean that happens in auditions too you may audition for something you're not right for it or you don't you know get the part mm-hmm. but they remember you mm-hmm. you did something and then years later they're like I, now I have something that you're perfect for like that play the long game yeah don't don't think that you have to have immediate gratification. Yeah. Just putting yourself out there all the time, doing your work, doing good work, taking pride in what you do, work hard, be prepared, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a lot of lazy actors. Yeah. And I think that if you take the road of preparation and, and really investing yourself and having pride in your craft, that people will see that. And eventually that will pay off. Yeah. Eventually, you'll get more and more work, you know, bigger roles, whatever it is that you're just seeking. But really take pride in that. And I think if you play the long game, persistence will pay off, the patience will pay off, determination, you know, all of those things. Really being a focused, smart actor will pay off in the long run. Yeah. So I would say just. If you really have to do this, if there's anything else you have to do or can do, go do that. Mm-hmm. I get it. Because this is hard business. And you will fail a lot. And you will uh, not get the parts mm-hmm. that you want. But if this is something you have to do, stick with it. Learn about it all that you can. Constantly be learning. And, and be you know persistent and patient. And it will pay off. Definitely. Yeah, man. Well. Brian Lennis Wilkins, the BLF. BLF. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your Definitely. time, man. I appreciate it. I hope, uh, I hope you had a good time. Absolutely. Nice. I look forward to coming back. Definitely. Oh, you'll, you'll, as long as I've got air in my lungs, <laughs> the podcast will keep going. I like it. Definitely. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Ghost Lights. This will probably be episode six. You can find us on podbean.com. And we are going to be uploading this very soon tonight you'll find us on itunes as well subscribe there while you're on itunes please 
Look up the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. The song is War. That's what we open with, and uh, that's what we get to end with as well. Once again, to the BLF, I'm thankful for your time, um, and please leave the ghost light on, everybody. <laughs>